Welcome to the Wednesday, September 27th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is week four. We're going to break it down. We're going to get into it. We've got a little SGP strategy, some injury updates, uh, and then we're going to get into locks of the week. A little twist. We're going to do some more props this week, and then an update on the guess the lines slash set the lines uh, contest. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. Welcome, everybody. If you're a longtime listener, we appreciate it. If you're new, welcome to the club. Uh, if you have not yet joined the Printing Press Discord, make sure you do so. It's a great way to engage after this podcast is over, and especially when player props go live as they have started to. Make sure you get the best uh, and uh, write us from Arjun, Brad, and uh, Judah. I, I would throw myself in there, but um, I don't know after this last week if I deserve it. I'm not like Brad. I can't go undefeated. Uh during the week and we'll get to this at the end of the episode but we run our own guess the lines um contest every single sunday night you can join it by jumping into the discord and um one of the people in this uh in this room had the best week had a top 10 across the board so we'll get to that at the end um speaking of brad you have a super bowl to prepare for this week how are you doing with that yeah, doing great. Uh, the Bears-Broncos game, uh, whoever wins is the loser, uh, as they say. And uh, yeah, really getting pumped. Uh, the mock draft sim is getting updated. We just updated it today. And so that that's nice. That's that's a good plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for you, actually. Uh, just because that's the type of poll Brad has at PFF. Is that, uh, he needs to do mock draft sims, so we got to update it. Um, and uh, had to make sure that the, the needs for that team were appropriately um appropriately set all right uh let's get into it let's start with um some injuries i guess the one that was on top of mind for me was our monday night game with rams and Bengals. and and curious if there was any kind of uh fallout from from the borough stuff it seems like he's going to be good to go brad but i don't know if you have any update there and just kind of around the league why don't you tell us what's happened Burrow's definitely going to play in that game. He said on the field after the, the game on Monday night that he had no setback. Uh, you know, no, nothing went wrong there. But I guarantee you he's still not going to be anywhere close to 100%. And if you saw in that game, as soon as anyone got within five feet of him, he just threw the ball into the dirt. Um, I would imagine that's going to be the same situation in Tennessee. Like, he's not going to sit back there and create time. So that's there. Uh, jumping into Thursday night, tomorrow's game, it looks like we're going to get Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back for the Packers. Uh, but they are down still, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. For the Lions side, I think we're going to get David Montgomery back in this game as well. So the one week of Jameer Gibbs going off for nine points was awesome, uh, but it looks like it's already uh, on the back burner. Uh, and not much else there. I think Taylor Decker, the left tackle, is questionable. A couple other things there. Um, you know, on defense, Devondre Campbell for the Packers probably out, but, but that's the high level there. Otherwise, I think Jalen Waddle's trending towards playing. I think Bryce Young trending towards playing. I think Anthony Richardson is trending towards playing. Um, and I don't think there's anything else. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Ravens guys, they're still missing a boatload of players, but that's kind of just Baltimore at this point. Um, other than that, I think it's pretty straightforward. The, the Burrow one is interesting. They play the Titans this week, and the um, game that I have in my memory against the Titans was that playoff game where Burrow took, I think it was nine sacks in that game, but they won. Um, 
you know, he definitely did not look mobile. I think that's a very interesting one. Cincinnati is a two and a half point favorite total at 41. We know how bad <laughs> the Titans are. Um, so I, I think that's a very interesting, uh, very interesting game to take a look at from an injury perspective. Um, I'm curious also on the Christian Watson stuff. Like, do you think he is going to get a full complement of snaps? Cause I feel like Romeo Dobbs really sort of came into his own. I think he had seven targets in that game. And it would sort of be interesting from a props perspective to think about a Dobbs over when everyone is kind of rushing to, to get in on, on Christian Watson. I think their approach last Sunday against the Saints was they probably could have pushed both of Aaron Jones and Christian Watson to play, but instead they said, we have a division game at home on Thursday against a team that knocked us out of the playoffs last year, you know, all those narratives and whatnot. So let's rest these guys one more game, give them a half week to get ready. I think they probably do have, you know, maybe not Aaron Jones because they have other backs, sort of, uh, but I think Christian Watson gets a full play. But I do I do like the idea. He loves throwing Romeo Dobbs. We've heard that all offseason. So maybe that's a good you know kind of zig when everyone else is zagging. It's a zigzag theory of gambling, well-known, well-established. Um, if you've been a long-time listener to this podcast, you know we, we subscribe to that. Um, yes. Shoot, anything in those injuries that, that sticks out to you um, from a betting perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the quarterbacks with, uh, you know, Bryce Young playing and Anthony Richardson playing are both downgrades to the teams. Uh, and I don't think the market's really been pricing much of that at all. Uh, I, I especially think the uh, Ram side of things, uh, I, I do think that Anthony Richardson uh, is, is a clear downgrade. And I am more, more confident in my in my Rams leans as a result. I'll also just add, Brad, I don't know if you saw this. I saw Debo Samuel miss practice today. With a, with a rib injury, I don't know if that's if that's nothing, but uh, I I tend to think that like a younger guy missing practice on Wednesday is at least noteworthy, and I don't know what Ayuk's status is, but I think if, if we see some cluster there, that that would certainly be uh, meaningful. Yeah, so Debo got hurt in the game against the Giants. Uh, he went to the tent really quick and was able to come back and play. So I think they're just resting him. I would bet he's fine. The so the Rams uh, Colts. So this is Rams in Indianapolis facing the Colts. Colts are minus one. Richardson, to me, has been certainly not a complete disaster throwing the ball. Now he has an 82 passer rating from a clean pocket. He has yet to make a big-time throw. So I wouldn't say that he's exactly passing the the, um, passing test with flying colors. But he's been dynamic as a runner. It's not like Gardner Minshew is out here lighting the world on fire. Like you really think that's a downgrade? Like, what would you make this if Minshew was playing? Is it is it Colts by two? I mean, I, I would still have it as like Rams one and a half, but I would have it closer to a pick'em if Minshew's playing. The thing with Richardson and like, I think he's the perfect example of like why design the like true scramble stuff, which is like he takes a ton of sacks uh, on scrambles. Like, uh, he had a thirty-five to forty percent sack rate on these plays. Sam Howell and Josh Dobbs are right behind. And there's a massive drop-off between everyone else. So those are absolute drive killers. He also can't really do anything from just like a normal pocket. Uh, like where he's at his best is uh, kind of running away from pressure when he doesn't get sacked. Uh, I don't think he is a, a big uh, – I think he is a clear downgrade at least at this point in time uh, until we see some like clear uh, kind of development, especially just as a regular passer. That's fair. All right. Um, we're going to get to same game probably strategy in just one second before we do. DraftKings, back for another week of football. It is week four. We're about to talk about the bets that we like, and you can go bet them at DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
Um, and if you're new, use promo code PFF and get uh, this great offer where you can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So it's very simple. You throw down five and then immediately get $200 in bonus bets that you can then go bet wherever you want. Um, so as you're preparing for week four, listen to this podcast, hop over to DraftKings, the DraftKings Sports Gap, and use promo code PFF. It's just more fun that way. That's why we do it, obviously. Um, and then now here is the longest uh, disclaimer in the history of ad reads. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Rumor has it, Robert Sala has been very busy uh, texting HOPE-NY. Um, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. It's in Kansas if you're curious. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. That's in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings slash football terms for eligibility and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, let's get into some same-game parlays. Um, Judah is the master at crafting these narrative-based same-game parlays. If you do not read his weekly piece, you are missing out. Last year, uh, ROI of 81%, and that didn't even include your biggest hit, which you could have been a part of if you had been a uh, member of the Printing Press Discord. So just more reason to go get involved. Um, but the just for anyone that is new, the way that we approach this, the way Judah approaches this, is to find... Um, these correlated narratives based on data and then construct, you know, something that leverages the tail events that could happen in the game. But when they do happen, a lot of other things are likely to happen as well. So do you take advantage of that? So it's not like the same game parlays that you see out there where it's like, you know, Hey, here are these four random players to score a touchdown. Just give us your money. Um, we're trying to uh, actually do something cool here. So um, with that, Jude, why don't you take us through uh, where you're looking this week? Yeah, um, my first spot is going to be the Houston passing attack, uh, and it's going to be betting oh. on C.J. Stroud on the alts with Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Uh, I think this is kind of a, a spot where in week 13, I wouldn't be shocked if we're having the conversation of just like, oh, C.J. Stroud is kind of in the like 12 to 18 range of quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think you average 305 yards. Garbage time aside, like, yes, that, that counts. It's meaningful. You don't average 305 yards a game by accident, especially, like, considering the context. Uh, an absolute disaster of an offensive line. The fact that I just said Tank Tank Dell and Nico Collins is very revealing of the state of the offense. Like, those guys have actually been good. Uh, and coming into the season, they projected as absolute trash. Um, but I, I think that speaks to something. And the Steelers have a tremendous pass rush. But all of that's kind of built in because C.J. Stroud has been behind a dreadful offensive line. You can't get much worse. Uh, I was, we were talking about like a clean pocket. I don't know whether you can define it as, as pressure or not pressure. C.J. Stroud, when he's operating in a uh, non-congested, you know, when he's standard drop back, has been the best quarterback in football. Granted, it's a, it's a decently small sample. But the key here is like that's only happened on 30% of dropbacks. That like even if you face a really, really good offensive line and they might get pieces back on the O-line, you can't get much worse than that. And he's even with that still succeeded to the tune of 305 yards. I think the Steelers secondary is extremely beatable. Uh, Patrick Peterson has surprisingly graded out decently well in, in a bunch of my metrics, but Levi Wallace is one of the worst. 
just attacking the weak links there, uh, I think the matchup really, really fits it. And the market, I don't think, has fully adjusted to CJ Stroud can actually put up some numbers. Uh, and I would not be shocked to see them kind of go to the air end, given that they're an underdog. I'd, I'd be curious and uh, we'll see what the, what the prices are, but I'd want to take some, you know, Houston spreads and on, on the backs of uh, CJ Stroud can com- complete a bunch of these deep balls uh, and, and put up another yardage game against a, a very beautiful secondary. Yeah. I'm actually about to, to share the screen here so people can see it. and you can get this on PFF.com with a PFF plus subscription. Um, by the way, you might want to get one. There'll be some cool stuff happening this weekend. Little uh, little teaser for the members of the press out here, uh, in terms of what you might be able to get, say during uh, during games on Sunday. Um, but uh, here you can see how he's performed from a clean pocket to what Judah was speaking about, how he's been under pressure. In case you need a help uh, here, thirty two point four is bad. Eighty eight point three is very very good. Um, and, you know, you can see it's been a complete nightmare under pressure. We knew this coming in. Every quarterback's bad under pressure. He was particularly atrocious. I actually think this is interesting. I feel like most people will look at this matchup, as I did, and assume, oh, the great pass rush of the Steelers, they're going to get to C.J. Stroud, and so it's going to be a nightmare all game. I immediately, my like, kind of first thought is, what, what's the status of the players on the O-line? Like, are we going to get the full – is anyone out? Is Tunsil playing? Like, what's the, what's the deal there? I don't think so. Sorry. I don't think Larry Tunsil's playing in this game, unfortunately. I think you're getting Austin Deculus, actually their third string left tackle, because I think Josh Jones is also not playing. So, I thought, I, yeah. I thought we were going to get Tyus Howard back, though. Uh, that's week five. Yeah, he's out. He's on IR for the first four weeks. So yeah. Either way. I think that the, the key point here is you can't get that much worse than this, what's already being baked into CJ yeah. Stratton for the first three weeks. Right? Like, you're not going to have more plays, uh, so many more plays under pressure. That's like it's hard to kind of beat this ratio as it is. Yeah, this is this is really atrocious. I mean, the the worst kind of pressure rates are, you know, usually in the the high thirties. Occasionally, you see a guy under pressure like forty percent of the time. I think that, that like peak Andrew Luck when he was just getting beaten to hell by the entire Colts organization, uh, you know, scraped that number. But um, yeah, by and large, it, it really doesn't get worse than this. Um, okay, so you're kind of thinking about pairing that with with Dell and Collins. Are you taking the the Texans to win there as well? Do you think, or how are you concerned? Yeah, I think there are going to be a couple of builds here. Um, we might, you know, combine all angles into one, and just like this offense goes really, uh, you know, nuts. But it, it can also take the form of you know Strad to Dell without any other uh, you know spread or whatever, or or Strad to Collins. Uh, or you can kind of say, like, no, this is actually going to be a game script in which the Titans are able to, because they're putting up so many passing yards, score a bunch of points. The Steelers, the offense is not going to be able to put up those points, and I'd be happy to take the spread kind of banking on the Steeler, uh, the, the Texans using their passing game. Uh, maybe there's some Damian Pierce rushing unders here, uh, but basically telling the story of the Texans can score 28 points on the backs of their passing offense and the, the Steelers are not going to be able to come back. And I, I can definitely see myself, you know, even just going like, don't even try and guess which wide receiver is going to pop off. Just take like a, a Stroud 300 Texans minus five and a half, let's say. And I'm sure we can get that in some pretty long odds. Buying in on the Texans. We, we did talk about this before the season started, right? Like which of these bad teams had a chance to, to be better than, you know, than anticipated. And I think the, the coaching staff, right. Coming from San Francisco, um, you know, that offense and like Tate Dell's not bad, but like 
Nico Collins is the seventh highest graded wide receiver right now in football. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's not like people know who Nico Collins is. I mean, they, they have the, the ghost of Robert Woods uh, there in the slot. Like, it's not totally devoid uh, of talent, I guess. Um, and certainly Stroud makes great throws from a pocket. So I can get on board with it. Okay. Uh, buying the Texans. Uh, what else? I'm going to go with, with the Rams. You know, really getting back to my uh, – you know, off-season preview, selling the Colts and uh, and buying the Texans, I, I get. But uh, I want to bet on Matthew Stafford when he is playing against uh, poor defenses, specifically poor coverage. Uh, this is a guy we can talk about. His, his traits uh, is, is very much kind of a, a product of his surroundings. We saw him really, really, really struggle last year when – uh, they really didn't have anyone to get open outside of Cooper Cup. It's crazy to say, but it's you know certainly backed up by by the data. I think Pukunuko is the seventh rated wide receiver, uh, and Tutu Atwell is like 17th or 18th. Tutu, Tutu Atwell actually was uh, kind of in the Rashid Shahid, uh, Khalif Raymond camp whenever it put together a lot of these underlying numbers. Tutu Atwell has always popped. I'm, I'm glad to see him, uh, you know, get his get his uh, share of playing time and, and succeed. Uh, but this is a very very beatable Colts secondary. Uh, and we've seen Matthew Stafford with the ability to put up gaudy numbers, and this is a case of a pretty narrow distribution of targets. Uh, we know Pukunikua is going to be the guy. Uh, I would be thrilled, especially after uh, kind of a bit of a, of a down game uh, on Monday Night Football to go right back to the well, and I'm really going to want to play this with, with the spreads here, basically saying that uh, the market has not caught up to this Rams offense. Is going to cl- more closely mirror the 2021 version than the 2022 version, uh, I don't think that Anthony Richardson is going to be able to keep up. I envision plenty of three and outs. Right, we talked about Anthony Richardson's sack issues, uh, his inability to kind of throw from uh, a clean pocket, and the Colts are also playing at one of the fastest pace, uh, fastest paces in the league, which I think is going to lead to more plays, plenty more pass attempts for Stafford. Uh, I really, really like attacking uh, this this Colts defense uh, with Stafford. How much are you concerned, Matt Stafford? Every time he dropped back was under pressure against the the Bengals, and it wasn't super pretty. And like that interior uh, defensive line, really strong for Indy. I mean, like, does that concern you at all? Stafford, interestingly, is kind of seems like have a little bit of that Stroud in him, where it's like if it's a clean pocket, it's great. Like you know he's going to deliver it, but like it gets a little muddy, and now he's like just throwing dimes to linebackers. Yeah, I mean, like, I, Grover Stewart's off to a crazy start this year. But, like, I'm not betting on Grover Stewart. I mean, this guy's been in the league for for a while and uh, hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. And I think that's actually the point, which is the strength of this uh, Colts team is on the interior and uh, – excuse me, is on the uh, exterior. Uh, and I don't, I don't actually envision, uh, at least by the, the PFF grades here, uh, and the Rams are certainly better on the uh, interior that I don't think – it's going to be the same scenario as Monday Night Football of just like Stafford's constantly under pressure. I also trust McVay uh, to kind of operate a quicker game, uh, kind of realizing what happened on Monday night and kind of uh, adjusting. And they have the personnel to do that also. Right? They have guys that can separate early uh, and also like can win after the catch that I'm a little less worried. Uh, but that is certainly the main concern. Yeah, it was uh, as someone that had a few shekels on the Rams. It's a little concerning <laughs> that game. Um, you know, it's like, oh, my God, like, this is not the staff that we saw. Certainly week one, um, it wasn't anywhere uh, near as pretty. Any more for us, or do we have to wait for the article to come out? 
Yeah, I'm gonna go one more. Uh, well, I feel like you know we get a little taste now early week, and then right. as we get prices, we get filtered down. They're still good angles. I gotta bet on the Jaguars again. I mean, I just saw Trevor Lawrence's prop was around 244. Uh, by all accounts, this is a guy whose results have not been particularly great, but the underlying play is still terrific. Right, he's second in PFF pass grade. He's first in big time throws. I want to talk about Adam Pope, big passing days. It's big time throws in a Calvin Ridley revenge game. Uh, I don't think the Falcons defense uh, outside of AJ Terrell. I don't. This is a, it's weak link after weak link. Uh, I see this as a spot where the Jaguars take full advantage in a, in a quasi home game uh, in London. We talked about Lawrence on Sunday, right, Brad? And, you know, whether we were kind of out on the Jags or not, and so much data points. I mean, his PFF grade is 86, third in the, in the NFL. And you look at his box score stats and people go, oh, my God, he's, you know, terrible. He's regressing. And, like, I feel like this is the exact – this is why this podcast exists, to, to find these opportunities for us. Um, Brad, are we waking up early? I'm going to be in New York, by the way. I don't know if I told you this, but I'm going to be in New York. You might, you're probably leaving this weekend just because I'm coming to New York. But if you're, you're there, we you're got gonna to laugh out loud. You're going to laugh out loud. I will be in New Orleans at a wedding. I will not be. <laughs> it's actually remarkable. It's actually incredible. We need to study in the lab somewhere. So, yeah, I will, I will be getting up at 830 Central um, because Jags minus three is my first lock of the week. We'll get to that in a second. But on the SGP builds. I love these sl- I love Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram in particular here. Um, not only the slot corner has been pick honorable, uh, but also Troy Anderson, probably the best coverage backer for this team. Young, second-round pick from a couple years ago, is on IR. Um, so, yeah, love Trevor. Uh, obviously, I love the Kevin Ridley revenge game aspect, but I think they're going to attack the middle of the field a lot here as well. Yeah. Dude, that's absolutely amazing. So, for anyone that it's incredible. has no idea, which probably everyone uh, listening to the podcast, I visited New York fairly frequently. And I think every time there's one time that we actually connected, which was like, yeah. I don't know, two years ago. And then every time. single time. Second, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, Lama <laughs> in. If, uh, no one has been. It's great. It's in Brooklyn. Um, but you literally are gone every single weekend that I come to visit. It's been like, four I think it's like years. a half dozen trips in a row. Like no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very impressive. All right. Well, I'll just go to your, I'll show up at your apartment door and watch the game outside. Um, yeah. And uh, pretend. Okay, uh, that was SGPs. You can obviously go find Judah's um, write-up on pff.com. Get it with a PFF Plus subscription. Uh, if you want an alert on it, go join the Discord, and everyone will shout when it is ready. Uh, I can promise you that. Um, all right, it is time for Locks of the Week. Before we get to Locks of the Week, um, something that you should have locked into your routine is AG1, Athletic Greens. I've talked about it a few times on this podcast. As I said, I'm traveling when I travel. I don't like to think about, you know, figuring out what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to eat healthy, all this stuff. So I take AG1 with me. They have these travel packs. They're phenomenal. And that way you have one of those and you just kind of don't have to worry about it. It gets you the nutrition and the supplements that you need. You need to go out to dinner late. Or you got to eat early or whatever it is. You miss a meal. You'll be all right. Um, and it's it's really a lifesaver. Also, I, I think helps me stay healthy when I'm traveling, which is another pain in the ass because when you get back, you don't want to be sick. Um, so it's something that I highly recommend adding to your routine, keeps you healthy, keeps you regular, uh, keeps you staying fit no matter where you are. Use the link drinkag1.com slash PFF and get a full year supply of vitamin A plus five feet travel packs. The travel packs are an absolute lifesaver. Um, it's really not that expensive. It's like less than $3 a day. So when you consider all the crap that you buy that is way more expensive, 
Um, this definitely should fit into your team. Drinkag1.com slash PFF. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it tastes like you're drinking Coca-Cola, like not the case, but you need a little grit in your life. Okay. So sack up, drink AG1. Like I, He's be like, oh, it tastes great. It's amazing. It's like, okay, it doesn't taste amazing. Like I wouldn't choose that to over a steak, but I value my health. So here I am. Anyways, there's the authentic athletic greens. Is that in the, uh, is that in the, the copy, the sack up, drink AG1? Did they send you that? No, but I think it's ridiculous <laughs> that I hear these reads of people saying it tastes amazing. And it's like, right. don't lie to me. Like tell right. me that it, t- it doesn't taste bad. I would tell you if it tastes terrible. But it's not like it tastes – I don't drink it because it tastes great. And so the people yeah. that say that, I think it's just – it's facetious and it's ridiculous. It's not what we're about here. Um, anyways. Okay. Uh, let's get to the locks of the week. We're going to go around the horn as we normally do. We had an off week last week. So we are regrouping. Went back in the lab. We talked about it internally. We studied. We're ready to rock. It's all about how you stand up, not how many times you fall, but how many times you get up. Um, and here we go. So let's get this kicked off. Brad – why don't we start with you, your first lock of the week submission. Yep, just alluded to it. I think Jaguars minus three is my favorite spot of the weekend. You know, I understand they've had some underlying issues on this team. There's no question about it. Their interior offensive line is a problem, and the Falcons' interior with Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata has been stellar. But Trevor Lawrence is, I think, second in average time to throw. Uh, like we talked about, has the most drops charted in the NFL, our second-highest graded passer, the big thing for me, though, is actually on the other side of the football. The Jaguars are fourth in EPA per rush allowed this season, that being fourth best. Um, you know, we know Desmond Ritter, our lowest graded quarterback, just can't really do it right now. So, I, I, and then, I mean, minus three, like on the number, you know, I don't know if maybe they, they treat home field differently for London, but like, you're, A, you're telling me that you think they're a one and a half point on a neutral field better than Atlanta, or I guess you don't think there's home field and you're saying it's a full three, but. I think London might be a bigger advantage than playing in Jacksonville in some some respect. So that, that's my first one because I think both sides of the ball, there's major mismatches here. I think it's a get-right spot in Jacksonville rolls. I I love this. I, I we faded Desmond Ritter last week. Um, I can't. I don't understand what the Atlanta Falcons are doing. What film are they watching? I mean, forty point two. That's bad. It, like think think about this for a second. Your guy Justin Fields. And Zach Wilson are also playing quarterback in the NFL. And Desmond Ritter is worse than both those guys. Like, you can't – I bemoan this fact all the time. You could watch three hours of ESPN, and you will get two hours and 59 minutes of Zach Wilson and Justin Fields suck. Like, that's literally all it is. Like, Mike Greenberg literally gets paid every time he says those two names. So uh, – but you can't get anyone to talk about the fact that, like, there's a very talented team in Atlanta with the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I like Desmond Ritter as a person. I'm just saying, like, he's bad. Really bad. Anyways, sorry yeah. for the, the rant. Uh, Judah, you're up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the Jags one also. I'm going to go with Baltimore, Cleveland under 40 and a half. Uh, I'm going to probably toy with some alt unders as well. This has all the makings of a slugfest to me. Uh, by by my my earned drive points, these are the best two defenses in the NFL. I think the, the Ravens are a little bit fraudulent there, but the Browns are having a historic season. This is something we outlined uh, in the offseason preview. We're looking at the, the fewest points allowed. Uh, definitely had those that one circled. Uh, and I, the, the kind of two other elements I, I'd point to here, which is that you can have kind of bad offenses, but if they're explosive, that can kind of lead to quick points and get you over uh, and under. But both of these teams, if you plotted like on offense, uh, how explosive you are, and then on on the y-axis, like how good you are at preventing other teams from being explosive, you'd be in the you know top left corner, which is to say they prevent teams 
from uh, generating explosive plays against them and are not very explosive themselves. Uh, I think that kind of actually seems true to the, the personnel. Uh, and I would also say, like, the, both of these quarterbacks have uh, massive sack issues, which are the exact drive killers, which uh, turn things to two unders. I mean, we've seen this so many times with, with Deshaun Watson. And even if the Ravens don't have a, a pass rush, I trust Mike McDonald's ability to scheme up pressure. Uh, and I don't think Lamar Jackson, terrific runner of a, you know, on design runs has actually struggled uh, when scrambling takes way too many sacks. And this is going up against an absolutely ferocious pass rush. I don't know if the offensive lines can be healthy. Maybe that, that uh, nope. you know, helps a little bit. No, so it's it's just it's a huge mismatch. I think uh, forty and a half is giving way too much credit to both of these offenses. Can't believe we're going under on forty and a half. That is absolutely amazing. That's the ugly. That's the ugly type of thing that we need to uh, to get yep. back on the on the side here. Um, okay, I um, now I don't see. Let me see if I can find a player prop for this yet. Um, my my dedication to the people is that we're going to get out in front of these player props. So uh, look, the there are two teams that are particularly awful this year at defending the pass. They are the Chargers and the um, and the Broncos. Uh, the Chargers are like you know the, the benching JC Jackson. You know they have nobody to cover anybody and. So the, the thing that I'm, I'm curious about, do we have a read on Garoppolo? Do we think Garoppolo is going to play? Because I'm not sure I care either way, to be totally honest. But Devontae Adams got, I think it was like 18 targets in that game, playing a Chargers offense that, or a Chargers defense that can't cover anybody. But a Chargers offense that has been really good. I, I expect the Chargers to be winning this game. They're a five-point favorite, five-and-a-half-point favorite. I actually really like Las Vegas in this spot. So it's kind of a combination. I like the Raiders plus five and a half. And I love Devonte Adams. Um, and so I just want to check on Jimmy G. What, what do you know, Brad? Yeah, it's concussion. So it's always kind of wishy-washy. I, I'm with you though. I mean, Brian Hoyer, probably going to be him instead of Aiden O'Connell. He'll just throw the ball to Devonte 20 times, 20 targets. And he might do, he might have 20 again in this game. <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's covering Devonte Adams. Um, no. I wish we had seen it uh, last week. I mean, Patrick Peterson wasn't going to cover Devontae Adams either. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm all here for, for some Devontae Adams. I mean, I'm guessing it'll probably be six and a half. Um, and if we can grab it kind of right when it comes out, you know, we probably won't get it. Um, you know, at some point, it may, maybe it gets to seven and a half, um, but it'll certainly get juiced uh, the, the further we go down the week. So watching those very, very carefully. Um, all right, Brad, you're up. Yeah, so stick with the player props. Like you said, we're trying to trying to hit those. Uh, I like Amon Ross St. Brown tomorrow over six and a half receptions. I saw it at plus 102, uh, I think, at DraftKings earlier today. So it is still plus money. Look, I don't think Jared Goff is going to target Jair Alexander, who is back now. And he's going to hammer the slot against Keyshawn Nixon, who's not a great slot corner. You can pull up the, you know, the lineups, all those things. Devondre Campbell is not playing in this game, so I think over the middle of the field is going to be open. And also, there are a couple injuries to this offensive line for the Detroit Lions. They both might play, but not at 100%. And this is a very good Green Bay Packers pass rush, so I think he's going to get the ball out very quickly. I think Amon Ra, is, it was a toe issue. I think he's fine now, and I think this is the guy you want to pick on in the secondary is Keyshawn Nixon and just throwing over the middle in general. Um, it's also just a weak spot of the Green Bay Packers. They play a ton of too high. They sit back in soft shells. Joe Barry has done the same thing for the last five years uh, with the same poor results, and, and I think Amon Ra gets fed in this game. 
It's like Vance Joseph. Uh, at some point, will they learn? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Judah, what you got? Yeah, death taxes and me betting on Sam Howell. Uh, um, I'm going to take his his over. I saw it. Is there at- a sack over? <laughs> no, no sack over, I wish. Um, I mean, if you look at like Timo's uh, pass adjusted uh, scripts, Washington is, you know, I think it's fourth. Uh, they passed the fourth most. The Eagles have by far the best run D in the NFL. Uh, their secondary is still a little bit banged up and uh, and weak. It's a volume play. I mean, like, I don't think Sam Howell is going to get sacked nine times again, even as good as the Eagles pass rush is. And as much as a matchup advantage is, that is still an outlier scenario. Uh, they pass far too often in a game script in which I think they will be passing. That 213 is just uh, too, too shallow for a guy who is priced as like someone uh, – on a team who passes like 4% below expectation. Uh, and I actually think this matchup sets up well for him and they're just, they're, they're going to drop him back to pass 40 times. Uh, and he still has the talent as, as bad and as uncomfortable as it, as it sounds coming off of uh, a really poor showing last week. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, the, I think the funny thing about the, the commanders is if you thought nine sacks was bad, wait till they play the Eagles, <laughs> right? Like, this, this could get ugly fast. I mean, it was very, very ugly uh, for him in that game, obviously. But, like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to me that um, that he has to go from a pretty good, like, Bills uh, defense at home, and now he's got the Eagles on the road. Like, if you don't speed up that that clock in your your brain, it's going uh, to get ugly fast, get late early, I guess you could say. Um, all right, I'm up next. Um, I'm going to go to a uh, spread. I love the Amon Ra one, by the way, Brad. I uh, thought that was, that was fantastic. Um, so Cowboys and Patriots. The Patriots have one win. It's against the Jets. You know, the Jets kind of stink. Okay, I get it. There are two other games I thought they could have very much won. They lost to the Cowboys in, in week one. I think they probably should have uh, – played like, um, you know, a a team that should have won that game. They lost to the Dolphins by seven points. All right. They held the Dolphins to 24 points. Dolphins scored 70 last week. Dolphins scored, you know, 40 against the Chargers. They get both those teams stink. But I think the Patriots being a little bit underrated here. Now, Dallas is coming off of a really embarrassing loss. So, like, they've got to get their crap together. You know they're going to come out, you know, firing in this game. But – I really do kind of like where the Patriots offense is at. Um, I think that there's a part, you know, the, the Cowboys defense is very, very good at beating up on really bad teams. But you, as you saw, the, the, the Cardinals were able to run the ball on the Cowboys. And there's no way that Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick are going to come into this game and go, you know what, let's just like drop Mac Jones back. So I see this as a low scoring game. Um, and I like the page in a low scoring game. I like the Patriots getting seven here. Their secondary has been really strong. Their their uh, um, pass rush has been really solid. And it's a basic case of this. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to share the screen right here. But, like, Dak Prescott has not been good. Mac Jones has been better this year. He's getting seven points. Let's go back to our roots. Quarterback playing better, getting points. Um, I just, I don't know. I hate going against the Cowboys after such an embarrassing loss. Definitely, you know, definitely a tough spot. But um, but I, I really think the Patriots are being a little bit underrated here 
based on how they've played so far uh, this year. I think seven is just too many points. So rolling with the uh, rolling with the Patriots. I have another prop I love, and it's actually tied to Judah's, and I might just go ahead and, and SGP them together here. So um, Brian Robinson, over 7.5 receiving yards. So, so here's the thought here. He had 7 in week 1. He had 42 in week 2. He had 0 last week. But last week, the reason he had 0 was there were a lot of targets to Antonio Gibson. What did Antonio Gibson do? He fumbled the football on a catch. He fumbled in week one. He fumbled again in week three. We know we're going to have a ferocious Eagles pass rush. We know every single quarterback meeting is going to be, Sam, get the ball out fast. Get the ball out fast. Get the ball out fast. And I'm imagining Eric Bieniemy, a running back coach, is going to say, Antonio Gibson, there's the bench. Go take a seat. Uh, so I think we're going to get a lot of targets to Brian Robinson. I mean, one target could get us over the seven and a half here. I love that bet. Many men. I like that as well. Many men. Yeah. I mean, he's got to, they've got to do something to keep him from getting sacked a hundred million times. I don't think running the ball is going to be the answer there. So (laughs) like you said, the the Eagles run defense is absurd this season. So I really think it's going to be a lot of just check downs. They don't really have a good, like move tight end. Logan Thomas is still hurt. Yeah. You can get Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson and Terry going, but I think, you know, we're going to see less Gibson, more Robinson. And I think Sam is going to be like, just get the ball out quickly on a couple screens to, to Brian Robinson. Seven and a half yards is nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, love it. All right, Judy, you're up next. Yeah, uh, I mean the market has it's seemingly moved, uh, you know, against me uh, since the time I we started recording this podcast. But I was just going to go with the Rams money line. I saw this at, at plus one hundred and five right before we recorded. George, as you said, getting back to our roots. Let's take the the better quarterback. Uh, you know, at, at plus money, you cannot convince me that as bad as the Rams, you know, two through 52 is, you can't convince me that the uh, Colts is that much better. And that will make up the difference between these two quarterbacks. Uh, I just, I want to be betting and backing Matthew Stafford uh, over, over Anthony Richardson. He says you can get it at plus money. I, I, I saw it at like plus plus one ten. The line has since moved. Uh, and I actually think the Rams are now favorites in the game. Uh, minus I'm five. guessing Richardson. I'm ge- no, you're right. It happened while we were on, on the air. I'm guessing Richardson's officially announced as the starter because it's now Colts plus one. You were right though. Rams were plus one, and we're plus one hundred eight when we started the show. Yeah, I still, I still, I'll still take it at uh, minus one ten, but uh, I did did prefer it at, at plus one hundred eight. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's compelling. Um, all right. Uh, the next one that I have is um, it's a it's a tight end. Um, you know how I feel about betting tight end props. Um, now I'm waiting for Brad to crap on this one. I don't know if he just doesn't like the name George. He doesn't like tight ends. But you know we got that one thrown in our face last week. Big bummer. The only thing I got right was George Kittle, and I know. You know got uh, got talked out. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not bitter at all. But on me, I two teams that I want to uh, take advantage of here. The first one is the Seattle Seahawks. So they're playing the New York football giants. And last week, especially if you are a, a member of the PFF uh, community, you uh, were, were uh, privy to a Darren Waller under. Uh, Martin Kyle, Carlisle astutely wrote it up on the website and pointed out that the Niners have been the best team at covering tight ends. They are phenomenal at it. We took advantage of that last year as well. They've just been dominant at covering tight ends. Well, Darren Waller was trash. The Seattle Seahawks, they're not very good at covering tight ends. In fact, they're actually worse than the Giants are at covering tight ends in PFF grade this year. And that's something that I want to take advantage of at home 
on Monday night, bounce back spot for Darren Waller. Now I don't see any props up yet. So I, I don't know what you guys think like his receptions or receiving yard props will be. Maybe we can pay, make a guess there. And like, you know, when it comes out, we can make a determination, but I really like this spot. Um, I just think that the giants are such a prototypical team of going to stink and get blown out by good teams, but can be competitive in these, you know, kind of situations where teams are more equally yoked and the special, the, the best part about this is guess who's back, back again, Jamal Adams is back. And I cannot wait to take advantage of Jamal Adams' inability to cover. They might just line him up. They should honestly just use him as a pass rusher at this point yes. because they can't rush the pass. So um, I, I'm looking forward to, to that transition. Love Darren Waller. Now, the next one is another uh, form of getting back to our roots. Brad, who is the tight end, the, the tight end that is emblematic of this podcast? Our friend, Chigo Zeman. Dallas Goddard? Oh, well, Chig. Oh, how could I forget? How could I forget? How could you forget? Uh, Chig Okonkwo. The Bengals have also been not very good at covering tight ends. Buried in that Rams debacle was that Tyler Higby was open time and time again in that game. Uh, and in this game, where I think it will be kind of a slugfest, Okonkwo has been kind of flying under the radar. He hasn't graded well this year. He graded really, really well last year. He's had four targets and three targets each of the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, so starting to get him back involved. And um, I just love this spot for a and the Titans actually kind of in general. Um, and so it is a, a tight end, a double tight end lock of the week is the, the proposition there. Okay. Um, any more, Brad? more on your slate i have one more real quick though and judah uh like tell me what you think about this so waller last week i want to say was 40 and a half and four and a half i think both of those well, like the 40 and a half i think was you know minus 115 i think the four and a half was like plus 110 I, another reason why i might like the waller one is i could see like 35 and a half or like an, an over correction um and i think it probably still will be four and a half but maybe you get plus 110 instead of minus 110 you think i'm off on those numbers what do you think no, I, I think that's that's pretty much right. I think it's just going to take like the median, you know, of his uh, season with maybe a little bit of last year, and I think it's going to fall out of that number. Cool. Yeah. I do have one more uh, that I love. Uh, we also need to get back on the grind. Our Wong teasers this year haven't treated us. I mean, last year I don't think we lost a Wong teaser. This year they have not been as good. Uh, and I'm going, but I'm going right back to the well. So the first one is the Eagles pulled down to minus two and a half against the commies. Um, look, we found out on Monday night the entire team had the flu. They had not played a good game of football. I don't think they played well in any of the games they played. And they scored 25-plus in every game. They're covering every game. Um, and, and they really haven't even looked all that clean, like a little bit clunky. I think it's a great get-right spot. We know the strength of this commander's team is their defensive line. Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson have been phenomenal. Um, you know, Landon Dickerson, I think, is a little bit banged up, but I think he's going to play. Jason Kelsey was the one who said he was super-duper sick in, in that game. He did not grade well against the Buccaneers, but I think it's more health than anything else. So them down at plus two, uh, minus two and a half, and then I'm going to Tennessee. Look, Tennessee is a bad football team. We know it. We've been saying it. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to scramble. I think when he drops back and there is pressure, which I think there's going to be a good amount of, he's just going to chuck it in the dirt. And then Joe Mixon will average 1.8 yards per carry against this Titans run defense, which doesn't negate that he's going to have 20 carries. He's just going to average 1.8 yards per carry. Um, and then lastly, the worst part about Tennessee's defense is you can throw deep on them 
all day long. But if Burrow doesn't have time to wait and let Jamar Chase and T. Higgins get open, you can't take advantage of the number one weakness of the Tennessee Titans. So for all those reasons, I like it. I think it's going to be a super ugly game. We saw, what, 19-16 for the Rams-Bengals game. I think it'll be a similar score in this game, and therefore, like, Tennessee up to 8.5. So Eagles minus 2.5, Titans plus 8.5. I was worried you were going to put the ban- the sorry the Ravens in there and, like, who we had last week who couldn't freaking beat the Gardner Minshew-led Colts. <laughs> I'm so bitter about that. So, so bitter. The one time they play well, we, we have the – we have the Bengals, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you avoided that. Um, awesome, Judah. Any more from you? No, that's that's it. I, I would propose the Seahawks leg to the uh, to the Eagles one. I just don't see the Giants beating anyone by by more than a touchdown. Uh, I have some concerns. It's like every, there was a lot of money coming in late, and I'm as skeptical as anyone on late money meaning anything. But there was good reason to think last week that. Uh, you know, Washington was going to be competitive against Buffalo. I don't think we've learned anything new. How many times have we said, like, Sam Howell's Achilles heel is taking sacks? Like, great. Yeah, the 90th percentile outcome of that. Uh, the Eagles have not been impressive at all this year. I still think, again, it's all relative to expectation. I was beating the drum for the Eagles, uh, you know, against the Tampa last week. But we're upgrading them after that performance, which I think was pretty weak. Uh, they've got some clear holes. I'm just a little, I'm a little skeptical there. And I think that the Seahawks – uh, going through seven and a half against the Giants is a, is my preferred leg. Uh, I love it. So you like Titans and Seahawks instead of Titans. Eagles? Cool with me. I do. I do think the I, – now, I respect Judah's love for Sam Howell. But I got to say, yeah. I feel like it's – I feel like he's kind of blinded by his love for Sam Howell. Don't you feel, Brad? It's like it's one of those things where he can't see the terrible personality that she has because he's just so smitten with – how good she looks. Imagine if Howell threw for 300 and they won by uh, more than five and a half against Denver. It would be, I mean, it'd be way worse than it already is. So, no, I get it. I, I do get it. I, I, get, I mean, I am. It's like a dumb narrative that, like, the Eagles haven't played well. Therefore, I think they're going to play well. I get that's like, you know, like one-on-one bad betting. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, you know, the, the Titans won. Like, I could also make a case. I, I like the Seahawks, like, um, quite a bit you get it out to, to seven and a half um, the uh, the Titans are, are a bad football team um, you know I think both those games are at least low totals um, you know the, the Giants do have a little bit extra rest um, which is obviously being factored in this line a little bit and the Seahawks have just really not covered anyone well um, you know which is which is concerning whether the Giants can take advantage of that I have no idea. Um, that is, all right. That is my, I will say, like, I mean, I, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. It's the biggest bet of my life. Uh, so I, that is the one concern. It's at 47 now, which isn't that big. I mean, today's NFL, it is, but uh, it did open at 45. So not, not a super high total, but that is the one concern I have is it's just a shootout. And, and anyway. Yeah, maybe we can just find a teaser where we tease through zero both times. Um, the Zach Cantillo the, uh, special, the Z teaser. The Zach Cantillo special. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, okay, um, so let's uh, let's kind of figure this out. I, I think um, my my favorites uh, that I heard. I'll just go first here. I really liked um, really liked the Jags angle. I think continuing to fade uh, Desmond Ritter made a lot of sense to me, um, and I, I just love the Devonte Adams uh, over. The Chargers have the lowest grade against wide receivers in the NFL. 
Um, they cannot cover anybody. And um, I, I, I like that one quite a bit. I'm with you. Yeah. What do you guys think? What, what else? What else? I mean, Jags, Jags for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've seen any of us have conviction quite like Brad has conviction in this uh, Jags play. It's yeah. It's it's also one of my favorite bets of the year so far. I I just, I mean, I'll fade Atlanta until the government stops me. (laughs) They won't, they won't stop you. The sports book might limit you, but they won't stop you. Um, (laughs) Should should we consider the, uh, the over in Seattle and New York? I I realized that we didn't even. Do you care about the two point movement? It's not like there's no key number or anything. Yeah. I'm trust me. I I, I'm down. (laughs) If we, yeah, if we liked it at 45, I don't think we were like, you know, crunching the numbers and being like, ah, oh, our median projections 46 and a half. It means you probably like yeah. it as far yeah, as like 50 and, you know, 52, 53. Yes. Yes. Is there any weather? I know you don't know, Brad, because you're going to be traveling, but is there any weather in, uh, in New York? Um, I'll check right be, now. I think I'm still here now. Stay, so, you know. I, I, I saw early weather report uh, at beautiful, beautiful in New York. Beautiful evening, no wind to speak of whatsoever. I mean, it, this I think eighty points is a median outcome in my mind. Median outcome, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I like that one. Um, I like that one as well. Um, uh, so we've got we've got Adams, we've got Jags, we've got um, over in Seattle and New York. Um, what else of the of the proposals? Uh, stuck out to you guys. We got to get a well, you have one prop, but let's get more props in there. Yeah, I like the Amon Brown one. I think, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, get a little Thursday bet. Yeah. So, over six and a half. yeah, yeah, I uh, like it. Yeah, love it. Uh, that that one makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I, you know, thinking about some of the, the kind of the player props that are out there, I mean, I, I do like the, um, I do like the tight ends. I don't know what we'd get for our Chig, uh, for Chig Ozim. Probably like one and a half, two and a half, maybe. Probably one and a half. Yeah, he hasn't a ton of usage. I like the Waller idea too. I, I do think it's a good shout that you know he, they're going to lower the market after he played against a really good tight end, a covering team. But also, I mean, the Seahawks can't pass rush. Like Daniel Jones had was pressured on forty-seven percent of his dropbacks in that game. It's going to be twenty-seven percent in this game. Uh, so I like that one too. I think even Waller. I was just thinking. I'm curious. I'm curious what Wondell Robinson's props are going to be, but he's certainly going to earn a bunch of targets. And that just like the fact that I keep on looking to all these overs is like itself revealing that I actually like the over in this game. Uh, just I keep looking for different ways to attack, and I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like Waller's probably going to go above average. Wondell Robinson's probably going to go above where he's priced. Uh, that it, it keeps I mean, the, the Seahawks turned back the clock for Adam Thielen, so their their powers are strong. <laughs> yeah. You don't turn back the clock for Adam Thielen with Andy Dalton playing quarterback unless you really stink. You've got to be particularly atrocious. Um, Judah, remind me of some of the ones that that you had that you liked most. I had the under in the Ravens uh, and Browns one. I I, I I've thrown out the Sam Howell stuff. Uh, I, I, I understand. Need, I I've been blinded. I've been blinded. Some, some background on Judah. Like, is there a secret? Sam Howell fan page that he's running that we don't know about. I I would never reveal my secrets. 
Um, and uh, then yeah, I, I mean, the Browns have been phenomenal defensively. Um, Ravens kind of anemic. Uh, and, you know, to your point, like, are we trusting in Deshaun Watson? I think that would be uh, very stupid of us uh, to do so. Um, so I, I think that one is compelling. I like that under. Yeah. All right. We're trying to get back on the side here. So help me remember all of these. We've got Devontae Adams. We've got R. Jackson, Bill Jaguars. We have the Seattle Seahawks and Giants over 47. We're going to pair that with a little bit of Darren Waller uh, overs when we, uh, when we get those out. Um, and we've got an under on the Browns and the Ravens at, is it 40, 40 and a half? What do we have that at? 40 and a half. And we uh, have, and do we have Amon Ross St. Brown tomorrow and too? Amon Ross St. Brown over six and a half. That's a six pack. We're going to get this okay. back on the schneid. Also, we're going to do some special additions uh, to uh, the locks of the week in the discord only um, as player props come out. And as we look at those, we don't have Arjun on this podcast, but every week he goes through and finds a ton of awesome props. And so if you want to get those additions, we post our favorite bets in the Discord. Those are up there. You can also find them on BetStamp to track everything. Um, and so we're going to add to those as uh, the week goes on. We're considering even a special player props episode as well. So those are the locks of the week. Before we get out of here, if you are playing in the contest that we have, the guess the line slash set the lines contest, uh, every week you get allocated 10 units and those 10 units are then bet in parentheses. We're not actually placing any uh, wagers here, but are allocated to the teams that you have the biggest difference on. And so what that means is we kind of see like how sharp are your lines? Like, are you setting lines that um, if you were to bet with your conviction would, would win you money. So this week, take a look at, at how things went. Let me pull up the leaderboard here. Uh, so these are, the uh, contestants who had the lowest composite score across the three things that we measure, which is how well uh, do you guess the initial lines? How well do you set them? What's your average error versus the market? How many did you have spot on? And then for the ones that you disagreed on, were you correct? Did you win money on those? And look who came in first. Look at this. Bradley Spielberger uh, with a first place finish. Let's take a look uh, at your scorecard. By the way, if um, if you uh, uh, if you enter, you get all of this sent to you. Um, yes, I got 17th. I appreciate that. I did not have a great week. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, I blame entirely for all of this. Um, they did not play well. They did not win. I had a, a big difference there. And then the other reason that I am not a fan of the Washington Commanders, Judah, is that um, I had a uh, I had a lean on them as well, and they didn't come through. So yes, I am I am bitter. Let's take a look at brad's scorecard here um so really phenomenal job on kansas city and chicago can't believe you faded your bears um new york and uh new england another big winner for you but you can see how this works right we just allocate the risk of 10 total units across the differences that you have um and then that um you know shows up we assume a minus 110 uh big as well um so here are the standings i a, a, a gutsy 17th. It was really disappointing. I need to get back in the lab and figure it out. I'm not, I'm not pleased with that. 58th. And, and the one category that I really care about is just absolutely dis disgusting. Um, I'm sorry for that. And, and I'll be better. Um, in terms of, of total units won and lost, 
Um, you know, here's where everyone's at. So you can see Brad there uh, with 4.0. Anyways, this is um, the Set the Lines contest. We encourage everyone to go get involved. We had a record number of people in week four. Um, I assume we'll have a record number of people. Uh, I am sorting it by that. Thank you, sir. Uh, there you go. Um, and uh, you can sort it yourself when you uh, when you get it as well. I'm working on um, on sharing it in a non-PDF format, by the way, so that it's easier to do. Uh, but here's a look at the people um, that had the most units uh, won and lost. The winner last week, by the way, uh, was Craig. Craig continues to, to do really well with a second top 10 finish here. Um, so really good job. I, I lost units this week. I'm just absolutely, uh, you know, I, I need to figure it out. But overall, the uh, the total, uh, the printing press as a whole did well. Second positive week, not quite as positive as week one. Week one, the ROI was 18%. If you bet kind of everything according to how the press uh, looked at it, this week a 12% uh, ROI on that. So um, another cool week. Uh, we're really enjoying this, and we appreciate everyone that uh, that has been a part of it. Any commentary, Brad, from your incredible performance? Yeah, I appreciate the the accolades. I just this will be a good teaser for the people. They'll see it later. I just sent you a, a wonderful video production uh, done up by PFF Productions. Uh, keep an eye out for that as well. I'm excited. You'll probably see that soon. Um, anyways, for Judah and Brad and Arjun as well, who's here with us on Sunday nights. We appreciate you all hanging out. We love you. We'll talk to you on Sunday night live after Sunday Night Football. Peace.